you can turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 and 10. I'm going to read us this passage of Scripture, and then we're going to get into uh, today's message. This is Galatians. It's, it's Paul writing to uh, the Galatian church, and this is what he says. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. You know, last week, Pastor Chad preached a fantastic message called Don't Break Your Stride. He talked about running, and, and I was convicted uh, to go on a jog. I was convicted. I did not do it, but I was convicted to do it. Did not happen. But he preached a fantastic message last week about not breaking your stride, about not giving up, and, and that God has not invited us into a sprint, but he's actually beckoned us into a marathon, that this, this life of faith, this journey of faith is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a day in, day out, wake up, choose faith, wake up, choose hope, wake up, choose the word, choose to listen to truth. It's a marathon that we're running in this life of faith. And, and I love what Paul is saying here because he's saying to this, this group of Galatians, the church in Galatia, he's saying, you started off strong. You were running your race. You were running. Your stride was, was strong. Your stride was confident. And then he, he takes notice of something that happened. That someone came in, someone, a group of people, someone came in and was able to persuade this church, persuade them into, into wrong thinking, persuade them into wrong behavior. And I wanted you to write down the title of today's message. The title of today's message is, Who Are You Listening To? Who are you listening to? Paul, Paul touches on something that is very clear to us as, as humans, that we are easily swayed, that we are easily persuaded. Have you ever gotten uh, some bad advice? The worst kind of bad advice is food advice. The worst kind is when someone tells you that this restaurant is, is the, the place and, and we've got the best this or the best that and then you show up and it's just influence, influencers in the wild and just people taking photos of their food but the food is actually a little trash. The, the food, bad food advice is the worst. Okay, husbands, let me, let me let you in on something. If your wife asks for clothing advice, outfit advice, that is a trap. Not from the devil, but it is a trap. And you should run. You should avoid it because you can't win. You cannot win if your wife, your girlfriend, your spouse asks you what they should wear that day. There's no winning. You can't give advice like that. I don't know about you, but I actually, I'm actually a little bit uh, insecure about advice. That's why I follow up every advice that I give with I don't know, but just whatever you think. You know, you just got to preface that. I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. I'm not trying to give anyone bad advice. But I actually um, have received bad advice a couple times. But the first time, one of the most impactful times was when I turned 18 years old. And um, I was going to go get my, my first tattoo. And hopefully that doesn't shock you that I'm standing up here holding a microphone, preaching the word of God with a tattoo. Um, hopefully, don't, don't turn the channel. Don't turn off. All of Drew's family in Arkansas is like, not in my house, tattoos. They, are, they already left, but it's all right. No, Drew's family loves, they love tattoos. Um, but my first, first bad advice that I really can remember is, is I was wanting a tattoo. I just turned 18, and I went with my older brother. Older brother's notorious for the best bad advice. And um, he took me to this place that was actually having a sale on tattoos. Now, I don't, there's a couple of things that you should feel comfortable paying full price for. 
You should pay full price for surgeries. You don't want a cheap discounted surgery. You should pay full price for your car. I bought a Buick, it was on sale, it blew up the next day. You should pay full price for your tattoos. Tattoos should never be on sale. This tattoo was $13 and um, it looks like it was worth $13, but, but bad advice is, is all around us. And uh, the thing about bad advice, the thing about, uh, about listening to others is that we do it every day, constantly, constantly under the influence I want to read to us a couple of passages from the book of Proverbs. First one is Proverbs 13, 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. One thing is true that we are actually as humans, pretty dependent on advice. We're pretty dependent on external voices, but you actually, we actually have a responsibility and we get to choose the voices that we listen to. I wish I could tell you uh, today that, that you could be a lonely island, that you could be your, by yourself and, and you don't need people, but I think we all recognize that that's not true. We need people. We need people beside us. We need people speaking into our lives. We need people encouraging us that we can't actually do this life on your own. And you may have been feeling like you can for a while and, it, and you may be recognizing right now in this season that it's not working. Let me tell you, friend, it's never going to work. You cannot do life alone. You cannot do life by yourself, isolated from people, isolated from community. We need one another. We need encouragement. We need advice. And in and, and the book in Proverbs, it actually says that we we need wise counsel. We need it. It's not a nice idea. It's not a good idea. It's a necessary idea. It's actually something that we have to have. We are dependent on voices to guide us, but we're also responsible for the ones that we listen to. Who are you listening to today? Who are you listening to today? I believe that uh, in, this, in this time, in this, in this service, that God is actually going to speak to us about protecting our ears that maybe you've been going through life and your ears have been unprotected. Your ears have just kind of been open to whatever voice wants to speak, whatever word wants to come. But I actually believe that God is calling us today to protect our ears. And as we protect our ears, we'll protect our identity. As we protect what comes into our mind, as we protect what comes into our souls, what comes into our heart, we're actually protecting our future. We're protecting our calling. We're protecting uh, the, the mandate that God has put in our lives, which is to reach the world, which is to be people of leadership, which is to be be people of influence, that as we learn today to protect our ears, to protect what comes into our mind, into our heart, that we're actually shoring up our future in Jesus. And so uh, I'm excited for what we're about to get into, and I'm excited for what God's going to do. And you can write down number one, point number one today. Your life reflects the voices you listen to. Your life reflects the voices you listen to. In, uh, uh, in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, the Israelite people, God's people, had come out of slavery from the Egyptians. They had entered um, into, they were going into the promised land. They had defeated Jericho. And I don't know if you've seen that VeggieTales. It's fire. That's the best VeggieTales, hands down. There's peas involved. They have French accents. I don't know why they have French accents. Oh, they're French peas. Duh. I just got that. Um, it's the best episode. 
But the God's people, the Hebrew people, had defeated Jericho. They had walked around. The wall came down. It was a great song. And they were about to enter the promised land, the land of Canaan that God had, had promised them. And so what, what Moses did is he sent some spies in. He sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan to scope out the land, to, to figure out is this good land, is it bad land, is it inhabited by people, is there armies that we have to defeat, what are they like, what are the people like, what is the, what is the ground like, is it good for harvest? And so Moses sent in 12 spies. And 10 of those spies came back with a bad report. Two of those spies came back with a good report. Ten of the spies came back thinking that this was impossible. The land actually is too inhabited. The, the inhabitants are, are descendants of giants. The, the land is good. The land is fruitful. It's flowing with milk and honey, but, but it's actually not going to work. We're, we're, we're too weak. We're not strong enough. I don't know if we can do it. I don't know if we can make it. And only two came back with a good report. I want you to listen to, I'm going to read it in the book of Numbers. I want you to listen to the difference of these two reports from the spies. Numbers 13, 32 says this. It says that they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devoured those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. I wonder if this sounds like voices that you're listening to today. I wonder if this sounds like voices that are having an influence in your life today. Are the voices in your life telling you that it's too hard? Are the voices in your life telling you that it's not going to work? Are the voices in your life telling you that you're not good enough, that you're not going to make it, that, that you actually aren't ever going to get past this sickness, past this relationship, past this hopeless season, past this, uh, this trauma? I wonder if this is how the voices in your life are influencing you today. I'm going to read to you what Caleb and Joshua, their report, their good report that they brought back. I want you to listen to the difference. It's in Numbers 14 from Caleb and Joshua. This is what it says. It said, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. I think today you ought to get some people in your life that are going to come around you, that are going to encourage you, that when the doctor says one thing, that when your bank account says one thing, that when the news says one thing, that there's a group of people that are actually going to speak a good report. There's a good report that God is speaking over you. There's a good report for every bad report that you've been given, that it's not over yet, that the end is not the end, that God actually has the final word. So I think we ought to today get some people around us. We should check the voices that we're letting into our ears. And I think we ought to, we ought to come around the voices that are a good report. Come around the voices that are encouraging our destiny, not tearing our destiny down. The voices that encourage you, the voices that believe in you. That is the good report. I love, I love what what they say here, saying that, let us not rebel against the Lord, that we would not be rebellious in our fear of the future. It's, it's kind of intense, but it's, kind of, but it's also very explicit. 
That not having faith, not believing that God can do it, is actually rebelling against God. It's actually saying that God is not bigger than what I'm facing right now. It's saying that God is actually not better than the bad that I'm experiencing right now. That we would be a group of people that would not rebel against the Lord and live in fear, but we would actually run to the Lord and live in faith. That there's a faith that God has for you. There's faith that he's filling you with today. Wherever you're watching from, YouTube, Facebook, wherever it is, on a couch, do the dishes there's faith that God is injecting into your soul today but your life will reflect the voices that you're listening to you know connect week uh, starts next week connect groups launch next week I want to encourage you the best place to find an encouraging voice is in connect groups the best place to find a good report is in connect groups. I'm telling you, friend, you've been living life isolated for too long. I know we've been quarantined. I know these past six months have been wild and out, but that doesn't mean that we don't have control over the voices that are coming into our minds, coming into our hearts, coming into our souls. You don't always get to choose the voices that you are around, but you do get to choose the voices that you listen to. You may not be able to choose the negativity coming from your coworkers or from your boss, you may not have chosen the, uh, the, the harsh tone of maybe a father or, or, or a parental figure in your life. You don't get to always choose the voices that, that are around you, but you do get to choose the voices that you're listening to. You don't have to listen to that negativity. You, if it doesn't sound like hope, it's not from God. If it doesn't sound like acceptance, it's not from the Father. If it doesn't sound like grace, it's not from Jesus. You get to choose the voices that you listen to because the voices you listen to will shape your reality. They'll shape your future. If Moses had not listened to the minority, the good report of the minority, listen, it may not be what the majority is saying, but that doesn't mean it's not what God is saying. It may not be what's obvious. It may not be what's clear. It may not be what's tangible, but faith is not always tangible. It is, it is the assurance of things we cannot see, the, the assurance of what we hope for in our souls. That is the hope that we have today. And if Moses wouldn't have listened to Caleb and Joshua and the good report, they would have never entered the promised land. They would never have received all that God had for them. The land flowing with milk and honey. Hopefully that's not literal. I'm lactose intolerant. I don't really know what I would have done. But they would have never received it if they hadn't have listened to the right voice. If they hadn't listened to the right voice. And this doesn't mean this doesn't mean that we don't associate with people that don't talk like you. That's not what this means. Jesus, he hung out with people that didn't talk like him. Jesus hung out with the sinners and the tax collectors. We actually are called to be around people that don't look like us, that don't sound like us, that, that don't do maybe life like us right now, that don't, that don't worship uh, the way that we worship right now. We're actually called to those people. We're not called to people we're like. We're actually called to people that we're not like, people that talk different, people that look different. We're not, the, the, the precedence of the church is not that we would hide away just with those that are like us, those that we're comfortable with, we would actually go out into the world and we would tell those, tell them the good news, tell them the good news of Jesus. But in that, just because you're around those voices doesn't mean you listen to those voices. There's voices that we listen to and it's the voice of a good report. It's the voice of faith. It's the voice of hope. Number two, you can write this down. The loudest voice in your ear is yours. The loudest voice in your ear is yours. 
I, I have a four-year-old son. I like him a lot. I love him a lot. His name is Sebastian Wild. Great name, um, if I do say so myself. And there's this thing that we do, um, especially lately, when we, um, we, as a four-year-old, we forget who we are. We forget how to act. We forget to say thank you. We actually forget to pee in the toilet and not in a, into our toy basket. So there's this, lately we've been forgetting a lot. And so we actually do this thing um, where, where I have him repeat after me who he is. We've done this since he was young. And we say, Sebastian, you are a brave, kind leader. We tell him this every day, lately, multiple times a day. And what I do is I have him repeat it back to me. I'm like, all right, Sebastian, you're a brave, kind leader. Now I want you to tell me who you are. Who are you, Sebastian? I'll say, I'm a brave, kind leader. What am I doing here? It's important for him to know who I think he is. It's more important for his own ears to hear out of his mouth who he knows he is. It doesn't matter how many positive voices you can get around yourself. If what's going on inside is still negative, the positivity will never take root. It will never flourish. Those seeds of faith, those seeds of hope, they will not flourish in bad soil. They will not grow where there's negativity inside. The loudest voice in your ear today is not your family, it's not your boss, it's not the news. The loudest voice in your ears today is the voice that goes to bed with you at night. It's the voice that wakes up with you in the morning. It's the voice that responds to when you mess up, when you make a mistake, when you fall again. It's that voice that actually is the loudest in your ear. And it's that voice that you and I have control over. The loudest voice in our ears today is our own. But I want to encourage you that it's also the one that you have control over. You have control over how you talk to yourself. You have control over what you think about yourself. You have control over it today. I'm going to read to us um, uh, just quickly this passage uh, out of the book of Matthew. And it's Jesus talking to his disciples. And he's asking them, "Who, who do people say that I am? asking this group of disciples, who do people say that I am? This is their response. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or the one or the prophets. Well, what about you? Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I love what Pastor Chad says all the time. He says, your words tell on you. Your words tell on you. They actually reveal the thoughts in your mind and the state and status of your soul. I don't know what your words have been revealing about you lately, but hopefully they reveal that you believe when God says he loves you, he loves you. Hopefully that they are words that tell that when God says you're forgiven, you know you're forgiven. You know you're called. You know that you're healed. You know that that God speaks a better word over you. And you and I actually have this opportunity to control the voice, control the inner voice, control the inner dialogue in our minds and in our hearts. Psalms 42. 
25, uh, the, the book uh, uh, of Psalms, David writes, and he says this. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That This is actually showing us today that you and I have the ability. You and I are capable of encouraging ourselves. We, we're actually capable of stirring up our own faith, stirring up our own hope, stirring up our own belief. It is that voice that is loudest in our ears, and it's that voice that you and I, we are called to tend to it, to take, to take hold of it, to capture it. Every thought, every word, you and I have the responsibility to, to grab onto it, to make sure that it is true. I wonder if your words sound like grace today, or if your words sound like condemnation. I wonder if your words are life-giving about yourself. Or do they lead to death? The loudest voice is our own. And I believe that today God is calling us, mandating us to grab onto it and to be responsible for it and to make sure that it aligns with every word that God has already spoken about you and about me. Point number three, you can write this down. You're closer to God than you think, and he's always speaking. You're closer to God than you think, and he is always speaking speaking. It's important for us today to realize that the voices that are around us, they, they shape and influence the way our life looks. And it's, it's also important today that we realize that the loudest voice in our ear is our own, but it's, it's of the utmost importance that we realize that there is one voice that is above them all. There is one voice that at that voice, entire galaxies were created. That the animal kingdom took its breath because of that voice. The oceans, they began to fill the seas because of that breath, because of those words. There's, there's one voice, there's one word that, that can go out and it can change a life. It can raise a dead body. It can save a soul. And that's the voice of God. That's the voice of the the father and he's always speaking he's always speaking it may not come audibly it may not come in and writing on the wall like it like it did in in the bible but it comes through his presence it comes through his word it comes through community it's the voice of god and i want to encourage you today you're not far from him you're actually closer to him than you think that how far you feel from God does not dictate his ability to speak to you. You may feel miles away. I'm telling you, his voice is louder. His voice is louder than any mistake you've made. His voice is louder than anything that's been done to you. His voice is louder than any lie that's been spoken over to you. His voice is louder than the condemnation that you may even speak over yourself today. His voice is louder. And it's speaking today. His voice speaks. His voice moves and it can move a mountain. It can raise a body. It can save a soul. That's the voice of our Father. I love, I love how God uses people. I love that he calls the people that, that in and of themselves would feel like they're so far away. That the, the woman caught in adultery, that Jesus speaks words of freedom and acceptance. That Matthew, the tax collector, rebelling against his own people, that Jesus actually calls him to be one of his disciples. That Paul, the, the person that wrote the majority of the New Testament, actually was a murderer of Christians. And yet Jesus calls him to, to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And Peter, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples that actually denies him three times, Jesus shows up. After being resurrected, he shows up 
and he accepts him. He embraces him. He even cooks him a meal. Shout out. That's pretty awesome. That's what Jesus does. You're closer to God than you think today. And there's a closeness that he's actually calling you to not just experience, but a closeness that he's calling us to live in. Because guess what happens when you and I, when Zoe Church, when the church of God comes into this closeness, it means that, we, that God has our ear. That in the closeness that God is calling you and I into, that, that it means that, that in every moment that God can whisper and we'll move. That God would whisper and we would obey. That God can just whisper and that we could believe that a mountain can be cast into the sea. There's a closeness that God is calling us into and it's not dependent upon your ability to do right and not do wrong. It's a closeness that is only dependent upon the cross of Calvary, that Jesus Christ, our risen savior, that he has made a way where we could never make our own way. There's a closeness that God is calling you and I into and it's free. It's a free gift of salvation. We did not earn it. We cannot get it on our own. It's only because of Jesus that you and I can have this proximity to the Father. We can have this closeness to the Father. Two years ago, uh, my family and I were living in Austin, Texas, and God started to speak to us about coming to Los Angeles, about moving here. And so we actually came to LA. We came and visited Zoe, and it, was, uh, it happened to be the anointing service two years ago. And the entire time, we were just praying and really believing that God was going to give assurance, that he was going to speak. He was going to confirm that we were supposed to move to LA. We were supposed to uproot our family, our friends, and, and take this step of faith. So the whole time, I don't know if you've ever been trying to get an answer from God. The times when you want an answer unfortunately, that's the times where they don't really come that easily. And so we were kind of in this, we were here for a week. It was getting up to the point where we were about to get on a plane to go back. And we still didn't have that confidence. We still didn't have that assurance. Um, and we went to uh, the anointing service at the El Rey, shout out El Rey. And Tommy, Tommy Two Guns, Tommy Cares, now Farmer Tommy, um, <laughs> he, he prayed for my wife and I. And uh, it was in that moment that, that, I felt that the Holy Spirit was whispering, this is where you're supposed to be. This is where you're supposed to go. And it was a whisper. See, sometimes I think we want to shout. <laughs> we want a notarized, handwritten letter from God telling us exactly what we're supposed to do. I would love that. But I think actually God wants to work differently. I think he wants to pull us in. I think he actually desires a closeness of relationship. And it's through that proximity that God can whisper and we would move in radical faith and radical obedience. That's the church that God is calling us to be. The church where we're so close to God that he has our ear. That we realize that the voices around us, they actually shape the world and the life that we live. That the, our voice is the one that's the loudest and we have to take responsibility for it. And that we would run to God. We would stay close to the Father. I believe that today, what God wants to do in this service, no matter where you're watching from, no matter what time it is right now when you're watching, God wants to do something. I think he wants to address a couple things. I think he one wants to address the voices externally that have, that have been speaking over you. Like I said, you don't always get to choose the voices you're around, but you do get to choose the voices that you listen to. And I think there's some people here in the MC, watching right now online, you've been giving your ear to the wrong voice. 
You've been, you've been giving your ear to negativity. That hopelessness has your ear today. Faithlessness has your ear today. It's not, it's not your fault and there's no condemnation. It's, it's just the voice has been so loud. It's so loud. It's, the, tr- the trauma of the situation has it's been overwhelming and you've done your best. You've tried your hardest, but you just can't seem to shake the things that have been said over you. You just can't seem to get away from the voice that has been screamed at you for so many years. I think that God wants to address it. I think that God wants to address it. He wants to remove those lies. For every lie that's been spoken over you, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak a thousand truths. To every lie, a thousand truths is coming into your soul right now that, the God, that God is speaking right now. I think God wants to address external voices. I think that God wants to address internally your voice. You'll never believe that you're good enough if you don't believe that you're good enough. You'll never believe that you're called if you don't believe you're called. If your words continue to go up against the words of God about your life, you'll never believe it. You'll never internalize it. You'll never experience all that God has for you, the abundant life that can only be found in him. I'm telling you, you'll never get there if you first can't get there on the inside. If your internal dialogue cannot get there, if if you keep putting yourself down, if you keep putting yourself in the corner, God has not put you in a corner. God is not trying to punish you. He's not trying to ignore you. He's not trying to reject you. Exactly the opposite. God is actually running towards you. He's coming towards you. He ran to you when he created you. He ran to you when he died on the cross. He ran to you when he was resurrected from the grave. God is running towards you today and he's speaking a better word and now is the time that you begin to believe it. We're going to believe that we're full of hope. We're going to believe that it's going to get better. We're going to believe that even though we fall down, even though we mess up, even though we make a mistake, it's not the end. We're going to believe today what what God has been saying about you since the outset of eternity, that he loves you. I'm not going to go against the Father anymore. I'm not going to rebel in faithlessness and in fear. I'm going to choose faith today. It takes faith to say that things are going to get better. It takes faith to say that this present circumstance and situation is not going to define my future. It actually takes faith to say that I know my God will provide when everything about my situation feels like it's coming to an end. It takes faith. There's a gift of faith that is here right now. It's there right now, wherever you're at. We're going to start to talk differently about ourselves. We're going to start to say different things. Our words are going to sound like grace over others and over ourselves. And lastly, I believe that God wants, what God wants to do right now is to pull us in today. Pull us in closer. You may feel miles away. You may feel light years away from God. He's closer than you think. And he's always speaking. You know, we have a real father, a real father in heaven, but there's also a real enemy and his name is Satan. And the Bible describes him as the father of lies. And he actually, he roams around, it says, he roams around looking for those that he can devour, those that he can take down, those that he can, he can, he can shut out. We have a better father. And for every lie that you've been believing, God is going to bring truth right now in this moment.
There's a closeness that God is calling you into. You're not too far off. You're not too far gone. God is closer than you think. He's been with you in your pain. He's been with you in your confusion. He's been with you in your doubt. He's not ashamed. He's not disappointed. He's not upset. He's been waiting for you. He's been waiting for you today. So I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray for a group of people.